I'm not one to brag, but I'm going to blow you away this week. I've come prepared okay. with a lot of stuff. Are you ready? Yeah, loads of like, stories and stuff. From yeah. Before. So, UPS started in 1907 by two teenage lads. Uh, was originally called the American Messenger Company. Uh, Tom Hanks works for FedEx in Castaway. What are you talking about? Courier stuff that I've got going. Over 15 million packages are delivered with courier services every day. Yes, it's couriers this week. Yeah. You're not just doing loads of notes on couriers, have you? You are? Couriers is. That's, I know, I'm just... There's a thousand Justin Bieber posters. Like, you know, like loose women. Pick at their cheese and crackers and that. This old boy's bollocks. A- an occasion for cakes, innit? I've never seen so many samosas in my life. Gone fry some chips at <laughs> East Midlands <laughs> Airport. Well, Mayfair's probably Mayfair, innit? I want to be a cowboy. This bunch of complete misfits, right? Dosser. His official title is Leather Man. Still going through. Scott. Yeah, but no, if. Anybody did something for work experience? Back again, us again. Uh, we've made it to the second week, which is good. Um, first things first, off the back of last week's podcast, the School Days podcast. If you haven't watched that, then uh, go check it out. Um, thank you all so much for watching it. Uh, we've been blown away, really, by the response, to be honest. Mm. Um, and we've been inundated with... Um, Sort of stories and various different things from past students. Fan mail. Yeah, fam- loads of fan mail, loads of that. Good job I'm bloody furloughed. <laughs> struggle to get through it all. Yeah, um, so we are going to do a school days part two somewhere down the line. Um, so if you've sent in any stories or anything, then uh, I'm sure they'll be included next time round. And we've also had confirmation from Mr. Colin Wilden that um, at some point in the future he's going to come on the podcast as well. So we'll let you know in uh, plenty of time. So you can send your questions in, things like that. Um, but for now, this week, episode two of the In Brother Words podcast is about careers. Mm, it's a good one. Um, we've got a fair, a, a fair few experiences to talk about, haven't we? A few funny yep. stories. Um, but I think we should start off. We touched on it slightly with your... You wanted to be a lion on the last podcast. Mm. But um, kind of... Can you remember what you wanted to be? And then how that evolved, because it usually changes every school year, yeah. doesn't it? So I'm genuinely one of them people who, even now, at the age of 23, I don't know what I want to be, for definite. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was at school, if we're talking like 14, 15, 16, that sort of age, I literally had like no idea at all. Um, but I did think about maybe joining the police, right? So that was sort of, I suppose, my aspiration was to be a policeman. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do BTEC Public Services as a GCSE, um, <laughs> and, and it's it's as it's as bad as it sounds to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was made good by the fact that we had uh, Les Pearson, Mr. Pearson, as our teacher, right. who yeah, he's literally a complete legend. Um, but it was there wasn't the best sort of people in the class, I would say, um, and it was. It's a complete shambles, to be honest, um, of a course. So it was, it was me, Harry, and, and Dan, um, Dan Shaw, Harry Williams. Um, and we, did it, we did it sort of as a group. We used to sit next to each other and stuff. And I actually completed the whole course and got a distinction within about three or four months. And then the rest of the time, we used to just play like jumpers for goalposts, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it was we were playing in those in those ages. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so the whole course was designed around what your things you would need to know to then eventually go on and be in the police or the army or anything like that. Yeah, um, where all the good donut shops are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was really like it was so basic to be honest. And we did do like a um, <laughs> it was like a week away. Um, it was a PGL actually in Devon. Um, so you had to do a week's what's it called like a um, adventure whatever it's called adventure week or something to get the to sign off. You had to do that. So this bunch of complete misfits, right? Us <laughs> lot and Les Pearson have gone down to Devon to this PGL, and it was nothing like the PGL you go to in year seven or year eight, where I think it was. I think that one of it was in France, wasn't it? One of them, mm-hmm. and it was like awesome. This was like tiny PGL in Devon, and 
<laughs> there was about four or five of the groups there. And I would say the average age of the rest of them was maybe 12, 11, mm-hmm. 12 or something. And we were like 15, 16 year old kids. Mm-hmm. So we were the oldest there by a mile. Some of the kids were like seven, eight years old. <laughs> and we were doing this stuff there. And it was just all the basics. And then, yeah, it was just terrible to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I did that course thinking, right, I can gonna be a policeman or be in the army or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that just—I just gave up on that. Didn't to be honest, yeah, yeah, I just didn't really fancy it. I, I wouldn't rule it out in the long term, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good, like job and stuff, but just never for me, really. No. How about you? Uh, I wanted to be a pilot for a long time, um, but I think a lot, a lot of people um, tend to want to be when they're younger, don't they? You hear quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's why I really respect my friend Jack Eaton. Um, who hopefully again we we can get on at some point to give us some stories. But he is now he works for EasyJet. Um, he is a pilot, and that's really cool. He yeah. was one of them who like said it in year three. Do you know what I mean? I want to be a pilot, and then has become one. Yeah, which is quite rare. Um, yeah. So then I wanted to be a chef as I moved into high school. Really liked to be cooking and stuff, as we again touched on last time. Mm-hmm. Then a biology teacher. I, did, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Was that to because be of Miss Norman? Mm. You loved Miss Norman, didn't you? I did. I, I love Miss Norman. Yeah. Not in that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> she. How do you explain Miss Norman? She was very strict. She was very old school. Yeah. Um, but um, just demanded respect. She was. Yeah. She was good. She was good. Um, and then kind of towards the end of sixth form is when I realised that I wanted to go into some kind of businessy role. Yeah. But but I don't even I don't even think that was a role that I wanted to do. I just <laughs> wanted to get into the, the business world. So I wanted way. to start working, making yeah. money or somewhere. I still didn't have a specific um what I wanted do to do. You think that's really. what it is, you think like the older you get the more you think, Okay, I just need to get a job that's gonna pay me at some point. Because mm. I think that might we'll get onto it, but obviously I eventually ended up going down like the accountancy route. And I think it might be a case of like when you don't actually know what you want to do, you just decide let's just do the thing that's going to make me a decent amount of money in the short term. When you realise being a beaver doesn't pay you that <laughs> exactly, well. yeah. But like, because I don't, I, I'm not money motivated in any way. But when you don't have any other motivation because you don't know what you want to be, it's sort of the logical thing to do is to go down the sort of business or finance route, I suppose. Mm. And then if you can try and find something off the back of that, or yeah. you run your own business or something, which is like, I think that's pretty good to run your own business, really. Mm. Um, so we wanted to talk about work experience, didn't we? Yeah, and anybody who's watching this who like went to the ferry sp- specifically, let us know what you did for work experience because I don't know what anybody else did and I want to know how many people did something for work experience that then actually helped them in any way going forward because uh, for my work experience, right, so I was 15. <laughs> no, I would have been 14 probably. It was, in year, it was in year 10, wasn't it? So I was really good at maths. And I thought about potentially being a policeman. So I think that those are the two things that inspired me to go and work at a tyre fitting garage. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it was very much will on the in-betweeners going to that garage. Yeah. Um, just did not fit in at all. And uh, I went to work there. It's just that I'm a lot cleverer than you have to be to work yeah, here. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, not our fault, really. but Because um, I was actually thinking at the time, oh, you know, why not? This is... Yeah, it's a full respect for the people who work there. I was like, why not let's give it a go? Just tread carefully. <laughs> yeah, it's so there, so went there and um, yeah, so I got there on the first day, and there was like, oh, um, we've got a lot of work on at the moment, so we haven't really got time to show you how to fit a tire. As you can tell, I was probably devastated. About <laughs> it. Um, so and I was like, right, okay, and he was like, so we're going to just put you in the storeroom. With these two blokes, like one of them's name was Gary. I can't remember the other guy's name, and they were the definition of stealing a living, right? These two people, because it, this place—I don't want to say the name of the place, <laughs> because for personal reasons. But basically, they personal reasons sounds like you know <laughs> one of the ties has yeah. touched you or something. Yeah, we're still going through. Yeah, we're still going through court proceedings, so I can't mention it. Yeah. Um, but so ties come in. They took receipt of the tyres, put them in the stock room, and then people would go and have their tyres changed, right? So you would think that that bit of bringing the tyres in, put them in the stock room, probably like quite a small job in the grand scheme of what they do there, mm. right? 
they had two people doing this full time and they basically sat in this little garage in this little office sorry in the garage and they just used to sit there and wait for the wait for the delivery to come in and then go out get the tires put them in the thing and then sit there again and i was with them for the five days monday to friday i just sat with him in their little office he's got me an extra chair and the three of us just sat and watched daytime tv all day and then very okay like very rarely you just get up go and put some tires on the rack and then go and sit back down again mm. we, that was the first time i'd watched like you know like loose women and all that sort of stuff we just watched all first that first time <laughs> We just watched that all that through the day, and then Jeremy I remember, Kyle? yeah, all that. R.I.P. Jeremy. And then it was um, the Indian Premier League T20 cricket was on, mm. and I remember for the whole week in the afternoons we'd just watch a few hours of T20 cricket, and that was my work experience. And obviously, That's off the back of that, I thought, okay, I really want to, um, really want to get into the tire fitting yeah. industry. <laughs> mm. Well, they were probably overpaid for what they did. And now you are, so it's it's, <laughs> it's it's a seamless transition, really. Yeah, yeah. I um, applied for sixteen different places. I can remember, um, like sitting upstairs, printing sixteen CVs, writing out sixteen different envelopes and stuff, like sending proper letters rather than emails. Bless me. Did you have to go to Mrs. Chadwick and go for it? Mrs. Chadders. Chadwick back in the day was the person who was in charge of sorting out everybody's work experience. Wasn't mm-hmm. she? Um, and I eventually got into um, HMV, which I actually think is quite a cool one because yeah, there's not many around now, is there? A bit of a dying, dying uh, breed. Um, I can remember going. The the manager asked me to go in for an interview, so I was bricking it. I was like, "Oh God, here we go!" Like really nervous. Went after school. I walked into the shop. Manager came and got me and like walked me through the back, and I was like really nervous still. He opened the door to his office. He was just in like a, a band T-shirt, like Iron Maiden T-shirt, jeans and yeah. trainers. I'd gone all smart. He had posters and CD covers and that all over his floor. Like the, his whole office floor was covered. Sorry, I've got a few wind issues here. I don't mean my arse. I mean the <laughs> sign. Um, yeah, and he was just he just had stuff covering his office floor. It looked like a teenager's bedroom. He was like, sorry about the mess, mate. Just kick it out of the way. Really? Yeah. Um, anyway... I ended up going there, and um, my first day, he was like, right, so Tommy, what I need you to do, these posters here, and it was a thousand Justin Bieber posters, yeah, <laughs> it's like, these haven't sold, um, and we recycle them, I was thinking, oh, that's a good idea, so I need you to peel off the plastic from all 1,000 <laughs> posters, because we put them in separate recycling bins, obviously one for the plastic and the, and the yeah. poster. And that took me all day. Paper cuts. Yeah. Um, and it didn't really pick up <laughs> from there. Uh, I remember one day I just rearranged some albums into alphabetical order. Um, I think one time, there's always that look into in uh, work experience, uh, the people who are coordinating it, when they suddenly realise, I've actually got nothing for you to do. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, right, I want you to go to game, WH Smith, there's a place that's in Burton, and record some of their prices on the top games and then compare them to ours. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, but it's not going to influence no, anyone, no, is no, it? No. Whereas you on ITV News, HMV have knocked all the prices <laughs> down because Tommy from the Ferris yeah, has said... Um, <laughs> Asda have got yeah, fee for it. Asda have got... Yeah. Um, so if we go into actual jobs now that we got paid for, yeah. whilst I was doing my... Um, Year 11, GCSEs, I worked at Burton Albion. Brewers. Brewers. <laughs> um, in like the, the nice bit, the, the executive bits, the boxes and whatever. Yeah. That was quite nice. A lot so of people was, seem to work there, don't they? Yeah, but there was a bit of a divide though. So there was like, you got the ones that worked with the hot dogs and that in the, in the stands. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then the ones who worked in the nice bit and it was always like, ugh. Well, because you were wearing like proper... Yeah, clothes and stuff. we had to wear like suit trousers and shirts and whatever. Um, it was my first taste of hospitality. Yeah. Which was good. I think it... That's weird that you were... it made me into the man I am yeah, today. Yeah, I was going to say, is there any anything from that role at all that is, feeds into what you're doing now? Is it mainly more uh, how not to run something? No, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I saw Alex Ferguson. I gave a cup of tea to Michael Owen. 
about Bellamy off uh, Max Factor. Bellamy off Max Factor. <laughs> Give them bacon cobs. <laughs> Google it if you can't remember. No one can. No. Um, but no, it was my first taste of like, um, it was more fine dining than what I've done. So I know that sounds... <laughs> no, it's not pie and peas in the executive box. Well, Billy Brewer on the caviar. Yeah, I can remember the the manager saying how impressed he was with me because I was the only one who like... As when I was put, when I was laying the tables and stuff in the boxes, I was like holding the glasses up and making sure they weren't smeared and stuff. It's like little attention to detail. Yeah. So yeah, that may be where that breeds. Maybe from. you were destined to be this then. Yeah. Um, but it was good. Paid all right. You got to see the game, obviously. Like whilst you, because because while the game's on, the people in the executive boxes are in the stand watching yeah, the game, yeah. and you can just kind of pick at their cheese and crackers and that. Yeah. Because yeah, you didn't work there for last. very long, did you? No. Probably about six months. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but no, only good things to say about the brewers. And then um, me and Robbie both got a job at um, a restaurant in Swaddling Coat called The Greyhound, which I'm sure most people yeah. will know if you're from the Swadburton area. Fans of Carvery will know, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's great Carvery, to be fair. Um, so you loved it and I hated it. I think that's the general. That, I've literally got that it. written down here. Yeah, yeah. The difference between. So this is re- probably a reason why Tommy stayed in the restaurant and hospitality industry, and I didn't. And it probably stems from the fact that I hated Graham. And I was so happy when I, I got head boy in year thirteen because I left the Graham and didn't didn't have a job in year thirteen because I was like, I just focused on the like head boy stuff. I think. Amazing. <laughs> I think I did. I said that for a bit, and then I just like sacked it off to focus on my exams and the head boy stuff. Yeah. Um, but because I really didn't like it. Tell at us all. why you hated it. Tell us the main <laughs> incident that scars you for life. <laughs> well, okay. So there was a table of I'd say there was it was about maybe twelve or sixteen. It's like a long table, <laughs> and it was for this old fella's birthday. I think he was like seventy or seventy-five, um, and he'd come out and celebrate his birthday. And he'd ordered um, mussels. What's the full name of the dish? It's like it's like mussels in like a sauce, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like mussels marinades. Yeah, something. something like that. Yeah. Basically, it's like <laughs> mussels. I'm g- that's going to be a worse pronunciation than yeah. Mustafa last week. <laughs> yeah, but I'll give it a go. It was like some sort of shellfish in a sauce, basically, is what he'd ordered. Don't ask me why. Um, <laughs> and then I've so I've taken it out, and as I put it on the table. I've misjudged the size of the sort of bowl plate it was in and basically poured mussels and this really hot sauce all over this old boy's bollocks. <laughs> um, and I just felt absolutely horrendous about it. Cockles, if you will. Yeah, it's cockle after that. <laughs> you had to limp it to the toilet. <laughs> It's all there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> he was really in pain, to be honest. Um, so it's quite, it was quite serious at the time. And I was heartbroken by it. I actually cried. No shame. I think you went out the I back. I went round the back. Mum was manager. Yeah, fortunately, our mum was manager at the time. Um, and she dealt with it. And I, I think all we... <laughs> How did you deal with that? I know, yeah. Um, he... He actually sent through a dry cleaning bill to the Greyhound about a week later because he was wearing a really nice suit as well. Um, so, yeah, and I don't know if it scarred like his member or anything, but it could have done because it was art. This thing was art, on mm. and he's like old bloke, and just like poured shellfish all over his John Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, that isn't it? But and I honestly felt horrendous about it, and I never really fully recovered from that. I'll be honest. Yeah, it still ruins me to this day. Still to this day, every time there's mussels on the menu. Yeah, know. I can't. Yeah, I get a little flashback. Yeah, because um, he just it just looked like it really hurt him. And you know, these mistakes happen. People do that, don't you? And you'll know from like what you do now. People drop things, and it just happens, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, ruined his birthday, his suit, and potentially his gonads. Yeah, the, the <laughs> little bit of action he had left in him. Bless yeah, him. exactly. Yeah. There's no blue pill sorting that out. I can remember a <laughs> um, couple of funny memories I have. I um, The Greyhound was where I learned a lot um, of how to communicate with guests in terms of what words to use and not use. Yeah. I mean, how guys is probably the best one to address a group um, because it kind of goes, you know, boys and girls. Yeah, it's unisex. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I I didn't realise at the time that because I was a bit more young and naive that the the phrase having a C in two can be can be rude as well, can't it? So like, oh, I'd like <laughs> I'd like to give them a C in two. Yeah. So I've gone up on a busy Saturday night, like a late fifties, early sixties couple, nice couple at the door waiting to be seated, and I've gone meaning have you been sorted like are you being seen to i said to the bloke have you been seen to and he turned to his wife and went well now you mentioned it no actually for a whole month (laughs) she was like martin (laughs) Uh, so that was good um and it's also the first time i experienced um that people can you know prank call you and stuff because i took a book in (laughs) on a saturday night um one adult and seven high chairs under the name S. White. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you wrote it down. Yeah, I wrote it down. <laughs> Took a number. <laughs> seven high chairs. Seven high chairs. One adult. S. White. Uh, fair to say. That's good. Um, that went down in folklore. Yeah, yeah. That was a classic. Yeah, that was the last place we worked together, wasn't it? Yeah. Robbie bailed because of the muscle situation. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have any at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to put to, to line that up with my timeline, it was I was coming to the end of my sixth form um, experience. I, I, I just started my second year of sixth form, where I was retaking two ASs and continuing. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about this. So there was a period of time then where you had, yeah, not I don't know if you'd failed them, but you'd not done as well as you wanted to in your AS. Mm-hmm. And then you were basically in my year to a certain extent, weren't you? So you you were still in your year, but you were also sort of in mine as well because you were redoing your AS. Yeah. And you for a period of time you were in my year as well. Um, and I was just wondering, like, because obviously we know now what you did, and we'll get onto it in terms of like leaving and getting a job and stuff. How long did you know that you wanted to do that before we did as a family? Because I feel like we haven't really spoke about that before. What not wanting to go to uni. Yeah, that, yeah, that, and going, you wanted to get into work and you were done with education, more generally. Um, probably, probably knew I didn't want to go to uni three quarters of the way through my first year, before I'd even got my AS results, yeah. but didn't say anything, and then, um, I think I only did half of the second year anyway, but maybe a quarter into that second year, I was like, nah, I'm not having it. It was when I went back and during the retake year it still wasn't sinking in any better even though i'd done it before yeah and i suddenly realized this isn't ability this is the fact that i don't, don't want, want to know to, it like, i d- genuinely don't want to be there yeah um and just waiting for the opportunity i was very much lost in that period big time between like you know not knowing what i wanted to do all i wanted all i knew is that i wanted a normal job where i was going to get paid and decent pay because i was more money motivated then probably yeah because i think when you're younger that's the only real judge of um (laughs) like uh, the only real measure of a job you have isn't it like you don't you're not um mature enough yet to know about like how satisfying some jobs can be and the yeah definitely um you know how satisfying responsibility can be rather than money and stuff like that so just waiting for a decent opportunity to come up and then um yeah i got offered a part-time job at a recruitment consultancy called pegasus yeah um had you already left at that point left what six form six form because it was left six form when they offered yeah oh okay but wasn't there a period of time where or maybe it was like you were still at six form really but you were just doing loads more hours at greyhound weren't you yeah you were pretty much that's the thing i was like full time yeah you're pretty much full time at the greyhound i'm just gonna wriggle this mouse um you're pretty much full time at the greyhound um, but still, what doing your doing classes? You were still at sixth form, but you were pretty much full time at the ground yeah, as well. I'll I'll be honest, not proud of this, but there was there was there'd be times where like if I had one lesson, at sixth form, I wouldn't go. Yeah, because we're in Gresley. How long to get there? Yeah, didn't drive at the time, and no, oh, yeah, because you didn't do your driving until a bit later. A right, bit later, you? yeah. So going to Burton for like an hour it wasn't just worth not it. worth it. No, well, it takes you an hour each way to get there. Yeah. So how did you feel? So you said that you knew that you didn't want to go to uni mm-hmm. at like halfway through, three quarters of the way through the first year. 
Mm-hmm. How did you know that? Like, what was that feeling of not of knowing that you didn't want to go to uni? Because you know when you can always picture in your head what it's going to be like if it's something that you are going to do or you yeah. want to do. There was nothing there. It was just like a. I couldn't imagine myself couldn't in any situation. Do you know what I mean, I couldn't imagine myself at halls. I couldn't imagine myself um, in lectures. I yeah. just never did at all. Why? Don't know. It just wasn't my path. I, d- I think I probably did feel a little bit anxious about it, um, but that definitely wasn't the the sole reason. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, I just. Um, a lot of the things is because I couldn't find a course as well. I was I was, I was panicking because I couldn't find a degree I wanted to do. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, and obviously we'll, we'll this will be a nice loop for later on. But the only the only time I felt content and happy is when I was working in the restaurant. Yeah. And I didn't. Probably and, hadn't realised it then. And I was like, yeah, a I didn't fully realise that, and b it was like I'm gonna have to do a proper job at some point. Yeah. 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 And did it wasn't until later on that I realised you can have a proper job yeah. in a restaurant. So did you think that, oh, okay, so I'm only happy when I'm, I'm more happy when I'm at the restaurant than I am when I'm at school. Yeah. That must mean that I don't want to be in education anymore. I need a job. Mm-hmm. And then rather than thinking, oh, okay, this job I'm doing actually makes me happy and I'm enjoying it. It was yeah. like, well, I can't do this for a living because I work in a restaurant and you can't do that for a job. Yeah. That's how you thought. I was, I was embarrassed a little bit as well. Um, yeah. About like expectations of the family and stuff, because I I think our yeah. family's been supportive of whatever we've done anyway. And it I has been, yeah. And but I don't think that any of them said anything at the time or would do. But obviously, did you feel like you were letting anybody down or anything? Not that you were, but did you feel like you were letting anybody down? Yeah. By not going? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I felt it was it was really hard to. Um, try and tell people yeah um we're very eager to keep um this project separate aren't they from the aren't we from the the blog that i do but if yeah. you do get a chance um it's called knives and thoughts i do like quite a big blog on that don't mm. i how like the pressure of it and it took a lot for me to even tell people uh, the family that i didn't want to go to uni and stuff which yeah. is silly because no one's ever pushed me into anything no, no one gave no. no one really cared did they um but yeah, that's why it was even more of a relief for me when you did well at uni. Do you know what I mean? Because it was like a lot of the pressure was I was, you know, you're going to be the first one of this family to go and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to let them down kind of thing. Well, in case like I didn't go or yeah. uh, what if our grandparents not to Yeah, go, I just wanted them to, to have a graduation yeah, whatever, where they yeah. could go. So when you did, it felt like you'd done it for both of us. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, so yeah, while you're working at at the Greyhound, you met somebody who then worked at this Pegasus place, wasn't it? Yeah, a recruitment consultancy. It was, it was, it was very boring to be honest. I was only there a couple of weeks, um, and they said, "Right, we've got this client called DHL." Um, so they're a big logistics company, aren't they? Drop it, hide it, lose it. Drop it, hide it, lose it. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a reputation for at the time they weren't great. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're like now. But yeah, drop it, hide it, lose it. Uh, definitely hours late <laughs> was another one. Um, but yeah, they were looking for a scanner. So just to, to uh, give you an idea of uh, why maybe this section of DHL didn't last very long. They were very behind the time. So like, whereas now you've got these little portable, you know, just sign on the phone kind of thing, sign with your finger or whatever. Um, they still had paperwork and it was a page of A4 for every delivery they did. Um, that they had to get the customers to sign and blah, blah, blah. So they were looking for a scanner to do eight hours a day to go in and it would take eight hours to do one day's worth of paperwork. So like the previous day's delivery. And you had to take the paperwork, put it on the scanner, (laughs) press the green button. It went, it was older than granddad. It was like, (laughs) back, go back over to the laptop find it click it f- link it with the actual page on the so- yeah, you know on the system yeah, yeah. Uh, so that at any time you could go and look at have a look, look at, the, at it yeah <laughs> that was it um and that was it for eight hours um and they were obviously people weren't snapping that no well. no <laughs> so i was like i'll just go and do it it'll save you time i'll go and do it you still pay me through pegasus 
I mean, I'd still be paid because you would be because Pegasus are just supplying the work. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. They're still paid by Pegasus. Uh, sorry. So I just um, took one for the team and did it. Um, got on with it. Mind numbing, awful job. Um, but I could tell that the actual environment and what they were doing, the logistic operation seemed really interesting mm. and it was a good company it seemed like they had good like comms and like you know i mean it seemed like a fun place to work yeah well I that met, would have been your first ever taste of a proper organization at that level wasn't it yeah i met some really amazing people as well like lifelong friends mm. you know charlotte yeah chris inns and his wife elaine lovely people matt marcus rachel loads of people that have uh, watched our first yeah, yeah podcast which is nice um and I just kept pestering Rachel, who was my boss. I was like, is there a full-time position there? I could just work for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll look at it, I'll look at it. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing all the time. That's one of my advice. That's one piece of advice I would say to any young person watching this. Always just pester until you get what you want. Just was, ask, yeah. We'll get on to Las Iguanas later, but I was the same with my boss then. Just keep, it doesn't matter. Don't feel annoying. Just keep pushing for what you want. Yeah. And eventually you'll you'll get it. Yeah. Um. And yeah, eventually it came up. There was a full-time salaried position, and that was the first one they'd ever took from, you know, like basically buy you out of your contract from thing here. Yeah. From Pegasus. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was there for three years. Yeah. And that was like... Um, Logistics coordinator Logistics, was yeah. my role, or transport clerk. Yeah. It, I'll try to explain like what I did just quickly on a on a daily basis. Imagine you've got... Um, so I would maybe look after 10 drivers hmm. and those 10 drivers have all got 15 to 20 deliveries um, so not only are you mapping out you know what order they're doing it in where they're going you've got all of the customers calling you asking how long is this going to be how long is he going to be then having to ring the driver blah 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 I can remember sometimes having like four people on, on hold at the same really? time yeah um and obviously you're the one in the firing line if it doesn't get delivered. And you know sometimes it's not going to get delivered because it's yeah. just impossible. Yeah. Um, and you're still having to, and you know, being the one to call people and say, for the second day running, you're not going to get your delivery. Like, it was just horrible. Yeah. Not That's a fan. so stressful. That's so stressful. That, yeah, I would never do logistics again. I've said it. Yeah. It gave me amazing... It gave me amazing... Oh, logistics. It gave me amazing... Transferable skills, yeah, to everything. Yeah, I mean, organisation. Yeah, it's something you can rinse on like an interview going forward, isn't it? Time, time management, yeah. Um, but I think it's really if you're in a job now that you don't like, um, don't like try and take it as a positive because I I think sometimes you have to have a job you don't like to realise. I mean, where you want to head? Yeah, to know what you don't want to do. Yeah, like forward. I know. Until I'm a bit older, I don't want to work in an office. And I would never have known that yeah. until I, di- I did that. Reason why, A, I just don't like just sitting there all day. Um, um, <laughs> it's not true, is it? <laughs> I, um, and it's always it's always a, an occasion for cakes, isn't it? Yeah. Or biscuits. Okay, yeah. So it's I, I, work someone's in, birthday. I work in an office now and I've never seen so many samosas in my life. Like every <laughs> every week, right? samosas in the normal place we get this email right and it says oh samosas or cakes or whatever it is in the normal place we don't know where the normal place is because it's just everywhere it's just it's like a shop you're walking mm. around and it's just cakes and and <clears> like <throat> you have to have <clears throat> such a determined attitude to not just eat your way into like an early grave if you work in an office yeah. some people just let themselves go completely yeah there's a real and, weight issue oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so you obviously went to dhl and you were sort of working there for the three years, and that would have been around the time that I then went to uni. Yeah. Um, so I suppose you need to go back slightly on me in terms of how I decided to go to do what it's I did. It's all about you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so after the BTEC Public Services GCSE um, had basically taken me away from the policeman route. The only way is up from there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you think so. <laughs> and um, so then at A-level, I decided to do uh, maths, further maths and history. And then basically I got to the point where I was all right at the maths. And then I was just thinking, what am I actually going to do? But I think I was going to go to uni regardless of what I did. Like mm. I just wanted to go to uni. That was just how I felt. It's probably the opposite to you. 
but I, I didn't really have a I'm going to go and do this degree 100%. I'm going, definitely going to do history. I'm definitely going to do maths. That, that was never really there for me. Um, what I didn't really want to do was go to uni, get a degree that was too broad, and then just kick the decision on what I'm going to do in my life three years down the line. Do you know what I mean? Like, If, if you're in A-levels and you don't know what you want to do, you just choose something else that's really like vague at uni. Mm-hmm. Then when you come out of uni, you've got to decide what you want to do then. Do you know what I mean? So I thought I'm going to make it some sort of informed decision now that's to pick a degree that's going to put me somewhere that's basically going to give me a job at the end of it so that even if then i don't know what i want to do at least i'll have a job in the short term do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i chose accountancy and finance because it was the first one on the a to z of degrees really yeah so i was going through the degrees and it was like obviously it's basically accounting is like the first Let's one. Let's stop doing aardvark management. <laughs> yeah. So accounting and finance, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll have a look at that. And it was like, you have to sort of be good at maths, but not really. Didn't, I don't think you needed A-level maths, just like GCSE-level maths. And it looked like it was something that could put me in somewhere I was going to get a job. Um, and it was like working towards a genuine sort of recognised professional qualification of the ACCA. And so I thought, yeah, I'll go with that. And then, so I went to look around a few unis, and I, I settled on Sheffield Uni. And to be honest, we went there on that first day of Sheffield Uni, and I just loved it straight away. I just bloody loved it. I did, yeah. Just the city. So much gravy about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't know. It's just like, yeah, it, the people were just like swaddies and people from yeah, Derbyshire. Obviously, I've been on some nights out with you, and I think it's a fantastic. Yeah, place. yeah. Really so is. decided to go to Sheffield Uni, did accounting and finance there, and. Like, it was just the biggest dos around, to be honest. Like, mm. I had six hours contact time a week for three years. And in mm. fact, it dropped to four hours in the, thir- the third year, which meant that I had at least four full days off every week for three years, plus the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I just spent so much time doing just random stuff. Like, me and my mate Joey would just play Wii Sports all day, like Wii Golf. 12 hours a week golf all day and like all this sort of stuff but I, I was one of the people that I'd go to the lectures I'd do like the bare minimum and then when it came to the exam period I was like a god at exams basically just like for a month don't even talk to me grew a beard grew my hair out I just mm. locked myself in my room and I was just compete like a complete hermit just like right get this done yeah. so I always managed to like get the exams passed and then uh, when I was in my second year they try and push you to doing an internship or a placement of some sort because um the thing is with like doing an accounting degree sort of the opposite of what we we're saying before because it's not very broad and it, it's basically you, you go into accounting finance or it's, it's worthless you have to try and get like work experience or or you're going to struggle to like get a job coming out of the back of it because everybody gets a everyone does an internship or a placement pretty much so at the time i had a girlfriend and i didn't want to leave uni for a year um because it would have put me a year behind her on the like uni. I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't have mattered now. <laughs> um, but at the time, obviously, that was my decision. So I decided to do the summer internship instead of the placement. And um, so I did a 10-week internship. I got the first one I applied for. Didn't bother applying for anything else at um, Santander, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, Just in case you didn't get it from his clue on the last <laughs> one, the cryptic clue. And uh, it was a 10-week finance internship. I was based in Milton Keynes as well. Um, glamorous, <laughs> mm, beautiful. <laughs> we'll get onto that in a bit, anyway. But um, yeah, did my ten weeks there. Loved it. It was really good, and uh, there was like it's like a really good intern community as well. Because obviously everybody else is there my age and stuff. Um, met some amazing people there, and then at the end of the internship program, they said, um, so there was eight interns in finance. Four of them got offered the grad scheme, so you had fifty percent chance. Once you're in. I think there was like seven and a half thousand people applied for eight jobs to get in it. Mm. So it was really hard to get on it. But once you're in, you're on 50-50 chance. So you got a good chance from there. Mm-hmm. And the prize, if you like, was a grad scheme, a grad scheme place, which was a three-year grad scheme starting from when you finish uni, locked in and signed at the end of the internship, at the end of your second year at uni. Mm-hmm. So I got offered that, took it like straight away. I was like, yeah, sound, I'll come back and do this. Mm. And then, so I went back to uni in the third year, knowing that I needed a two-one, and then I was just gonna, and then I'd have the full summer off, and then I'd start a full three-year job at Santander. 
um, which is like such a massive relief going back to uni knowing that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. Went back, did, did the rest of my exams, and then started at Santander three years ago this September, and I've been there since. Nice. Any little jobs whilst you were at uni? Oh, yeah. There's, so the best job I've ever had, full stop, I was a student ambassador. It's got to be a blowing. <laughs> I was a student ambassador at Sheffield Uni for the management school. And that is money for old rope. Like, you're stealing a living big time. And it's just the best job ever. So you work like 10 till 3 or something. And you're basically like showing people around on open days, like guided tours. I did it like everything. I, had, I actually had five jobs, five different student ambassador jobs. Because I had so much time off, I had, I had more hours doing that than I did my actual job. Mm. Um, so yeah, doing talks at open uh, open days about like your course or whatever, guided tours, um, just chats with like prospective students and parents and stuff. And honestly, it was amazing. Like, there's so many times I'd just go out for the day. Everybody would go to uni. I'd go out and do that, and I'd have had like such an amazing day. I remember there was one time, there was a group of kids, and uh, they were like. They were like deprived kids from the local Sheffield area, yeah. and and they were on this course where if they got all the way through it, they wanted a, um, a scholarship to go to Sheffield Uni for like for free basically. Um, so they they came um, on like an open day to come look around, and I was chosen as one of the student student ambassadors for that, and it was like uh, behind the scenes of the uni open day, and I'd never done one of these before, so I just turn up in my like bright t-shirt, hungover probably from the night before. And uh, they were like, right, just stick with us. We're going to do a guided tour later. And then we're going to go this, 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 and this. And I got to go to like, so Sheffield Uni, as a lot of unis, obviously, they're also like research centres for proper scientific work. And there was a bit in one of the buildings that you would never even see if you if you were like not a student in that particular course. And, and they had like, I think it was like 100 and something thousand flies in there. It was like a big research centre for like fruit flies, like mating fruit flies together and doing all this sort of stuff. We got to go in and like actually in there with the with the scientists and stuff. And there's a massive car park at Sheffield Uni going up to this place called the Arts Tower. And I didn't know this until I went on this open day. But underneath that car park is like a huge research lab that goes like hundreds of metres like underground. And it's got like, um, what are they called? Weather condition um, rooms. So it's so they can do different experiments in there. So they've got like an Arctic room that's like minus forty degrees. They've got like a room that's um, it mimics the Sahara Desert and all that. And it's just under nice. the road, like in Sheffield. So I went out for the day and I went there and I absolutely loved it. And I came back and I thought I've just been paid. I think it was like eight pound an hour. It was, mm. and you got like tea and biscuits and all sorts. And it was just an absolute touch. VIP. Yeah, and there was there was one guy who um, he was a student ambassador with me, and he he finished his degree and he just asked the bloke who was running it on the day. He said, "Can you do this as a proper job, like full time?" And he still works there now. It's like quite low pay. Dosser. Yeah, it is. It's quite low pay like now, but he's literally the dream. Great job. Mm. So yeah, if you're at uni, definitely become a student ambassador because it's money for old rope. So between um, you going to Milton Keynes and me um, leaving DHL, there was a six-month gap, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, before I just go into what I did in those six months, I actually got made redundant from DHL. I just yeah. want to briefly touch on that because a lot of people might not have experienced redundancy and it's really not that nice. However, in my bag that I took to work, I had a letter to resign from DHL because I hated it that much and I knew I was going to Milton Keynes with you. Yeah. And um, I just didn't have the gonads to hand it in yet. And then we all got called into the warehouse and told that they're closing. Yeah. Which was a bit of a touch because I don't mean to come across insensitive because for some people that was a a big deal, but I didn't want to be there. And obviously you get a bit of money to leave and stuff. Yeah. But one thing I will take out of that is like a lot of people haven't gone through that process, you know, like with unions and stuff and, and what you do. Um, good experience that you've done it yeah it was funny because um for them for dhl it's it would have been easier and cheaper to keep you and move you to a different branch um so they offer that um and they they offer they just will do anything to to make you just do that rather than leave and and have to pay have to pay you out um so i can remember my meeting with like the 
head office people. They were like, what do, what do you want to do, Tommy? What are you thinking? I was like, I want to go into, um, I'm going to go to Milton Keynes uh, with my brother and pursue like restaurant work. Cause that's what I want to do. And they're like, oh, well, there's a catering job <laughs> in the food court at East Midlands Airport. Well, it's just go and work in the... Just go and fry some chips at East <laughs> Midlands Airport. That's the same thing. Sound, yeah. Forget the payout. I'm going to do that yeah, yeah, yeah. for six months until I go to Milton Keynes. <laughs> um, so no, fair to say I didn't take that. But uh, I say it was stressful in that. Met some awesome people. Yeah. And I wouldn't knock it. I don't regret it. Because like I say, um, learned some valuable lessons about w- what I don't want to yeah. do in the future. Yeah, so, so I, then I went to Milton Keynes to start the first year of the grad scheme. Um and because I knew I was doing that, and Tommy was like coming to the end of the DHL and been made redundant, mm-hmm. we decided that I said, if you just basically wait until I go Milton Keynes, come with me. And then we went and lived together. Come with me. We went, uh, yeah, we went and lived Crap together for a year in Milton Keynes. So Tommy had about six months between leaving DHL to when we went there, which he did probably his most interesting job so far. Mm. I was um, a ride operator, roller coaster operator at Drayton Manor Theme Park in Tamworth. Um, because I I needed to get out of the office environment. So anything, if you're watching and you're from this area, anything you can think of that's outdoors, I applied for it. So Conkers, Twycross. Dogging. That. (laughs) Um, Drayton Manor, Alton Towers, like anything that got me out in the open, I was there. I applied for it. Is it because it was summertime, so you thought, oh, just... Yeah, just no... The office at DHL had no windows. Right just to you know set the scene so yeah so it could be snowing outside or glorious and you wouldn't know it's just like a box so like being in there for three years in a job that i didn't really enjoy it was i just needed to be out and about so yeah i got the job at drayton manor um on a six-month contract and i absolutely loved it every minute of it it was amazing um just everything you probably like probably would expect of working in such a fun place yeah it's really good um to give people a bit of an idea of like the behind the scenes what it's like if you i mean if you if you work there so you're going in clock in dump your bag and stuff in the changing rooms or whatever like locker rooms because you're not allowed your phones on the rides obviously it's like it's like driving that's how it's class it's like you can be breathalyzed same reason you don't have your phone because it's a distraction yeah, yeah. you you, you um, handling equipment aren't you heavy equipment yeah on an extreme level sometimes um and you all have a team briefing so ours was at um, emily's play area it's like a soft play with a ball pit and that you all like <laughs> gathered around there um and the team leaders will come out and there's like a so they say right this is how many tickets we've sold for today um we've got this school this school this school coming in this is the weather forecast for today because some rides are like weather dependent, you know, the higher rides, if there's a strong wind, so we'll yeah. keep you up to date with that. You do a, a quick run through of your hand signals. So like you'll see things like this when you go to a theme park, that's when you cross in a track and you know, like you have to do it to the operator to get confirmation you're going. Um, there's signals for like e-stop the ride if there's an emergency, just stuff like that yeah. basically you go over. Um, and then you get allocated your ride, but you have to have been trained up and, and signed off on that ride. You can't just you know go and give a roller coaster a spin like that be all right. yeah um and then that's it and you just go for it all day you're kind of your own boss if you like because you're just left to it obviously you get the odd visit from a supervisor and that lot but it's usually an operator so i was an operator on uh g-force the ride was at drayton manor and then you have two attendants as well who obviously help get the the guests in yeah. and whatever and you just have a really good laugh but we are, so we're both now in a job that we started when we were in Milton Keynes in that mm. year. So we lived together for a year in Milton Keynes. I started my first year at Santander. Loved it. It was awesome. Um, and Tommy started the first job as a waiter at Las Iguanas, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and obviously... I had a trial shift um, penciled, well, confirmed at TGI Fridays at the um, MK Stadium. Yeah. Um, at like 6 p.m. And then I was all in my uniform, ready to go. And at 5 p.m., um, Perry, who was my GM at the time, good friend now, um, rang me and said, oh, I've just seen your application for Las Iguanas. Do you mind coming and having a quick chat with me yeah. at the hotel? Um, Jury's in. Jury's in, mm. yeah. 
and I was like, oh, I've got a trial shift, so I'm going to have to be quick. It was only around the corner, yeah. wasn't it? It was like, yeah, just come in and have a quick chat before you go, and then the rest is history, so to speak. Yeah. But I'm not a shit house, and I did ring TGIs and tell them I'm not going to be coming. Oh, so you actually just shift. accepted the job there that day? Yeah. yeah. I just knew it was right for me. I knew TGIs wasn't, actually, but I was desperate for a job, yeah, wasn't yeah. I, to be yeah. honest. Like, I'd, be, I'd been there a couple of weeks. Um I was never dossing. I was always looking for jobs and applying and whatever. But yeah. it was getting to the point where um, Rob is going to have to buy my cereal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and yeah, joined as a waiter at Milton Keynes Asaguanas and so now GM there. Yeah. At a different site, but progressed there. Yeah, you worked way up really there. quick, didn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember we lived in that really dingy flat. <laughs> Oh, so we lived together in Milton Keynes in this like horrendous flat. You had to wipe your feet on the way out. Yeah, it was grim, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and they said to us when we moved in, so we went down to Milton Keynes for the day. We we're like, right, we'll look around a few flats, um, and then we'll decide. We just went for the first one we went into, didn't we? It's just a classic. It was really nice sunny day, and we thought, right, yeah, this will do. And then we went and played crazy golf to celebrate. Can you remember? Leave a comment if you can relate to that. But how many times <laughs> do you say like, yeah, we we'll won't rush, won't rush the decision. We'll just. Have a look at a few. Yeah. First one, convenient. Yeah. That's the thing. Breakfast. It was, yeah, there was a spoon <laughs> so close, and it was it couldn't have been closer to where I worked. That, do you know what I mean? Because like, obviously we didn't know where you were going to be working at that point. We knew no. where I was going to be working. And my commute to work was like two and a half minute walk. It was just, it was literally, you could see it, couldn't you, out yeah. the window? Eventually, Robbie's commute was two and a half minute walk, and mine was like a six minute walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this flat, when they, they they said to us, oh, you can, um, you can put up your own photos and stuff if you want, like make it your own. And I think we've inherited quite a lot from our dad. And one of the things that we seem to have got is um, very, very limited DIY ability. Heavy-handed, <laughs> I'd say. Dad'll be um, fuming watching this. <laughs> um, you, so, already, you already had a go at us last week, didn't you? Yeah. So he loved the podcast, very supportive. But he said, I did his head in drinking water out of a plastic bottle. <laughs> That's why I've had glasses today. Peer pressure. Um, so we decided to put some photos up on the wall and uh, I'd missed the nail. Is it a nail when it's put in the wall, isn't it? It is, mate, yeah. Yeah. I missed the nail completely and put the hammer straight through the wall. <laughs> <Remember that? laughs> yeah. so, and it was like, it wasn't real wall, was it? It was, you can probably tell technically, I don't really know the words, but it was like that wall, it basically like, looks like talcum powder when you smash it and it just falls apart. Mm-hmm. So we decided to just move the painting, <laughs> the drawing just a little bit that way, cover it up and we'll deal with it after. And then about a week into living there, Tommy opened the door too hard into the kitchen and the handle just went, it went all the way around and the handle went through the wall into the other side. It was like, it was like the walls <laughs> were made of poppadoms. Once yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it was so delicate. Yeah. Um, and we were just smashing the place to bits, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so just a, a, a couple of words on Milton Keynes. Strange place, isn't it? Yeah. Very strange. Very clinical. Very soulless. But very convenient. Yeah. Like, and if you live there, really you like it, I think. Yeah, yeah. You learn it's to got character, it. but it's got no culture. No, you probably wouldn't raise a family there. No. Um, and it and it showed, like, when it got to Christmas time, it emptied. Because oh, everyone dear. went to their normal homes and not their work. It's yeah. just a, a London commuter town, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. If Milton Keynes was a property on Monopoly, where would it be? Because it's not Old Kent Road. Well, what's what's Mayfair? What's your, what's your limit? What's Old Kent Road and what's Mayfair? Old Kent Road is Hull, and um, Amersham is Mayfair. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Mayfair is probably Mayfair, isn't it? <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, London area is Mayfair. Um, I'd say Milton Keynes was, like, probably a high red, maybe an orange. Or no, yellow, maybe a yellow. Yeah. Um, just before you get around on the green. Coventry. Yeah, like a Leicester Square or something like that. Yeah. Um, Just before jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I like it there, to be honest. It did us for what we needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then obviously, so I did did my accounting um, at uni, and then the good thing about the degree I did, and one of the reasons why I did it, was that basically it's cash back. It's like it's money in the bank, basically, because there's 13 exams to pass to to be ACCA qualified which is the one I've done and my university exams counted towards that so when I went to Santander they fund you through 
your exams to do that and i was eight ahead of everybody else because i'd already had eight exemptions they're called so eight mm-hmm. of my uni exams counted towards eight of the acca so i only had five left to do and i've done them all now so as of like july this year when i've got enough of an experience requirement i'll be signed off acca qualified which is like like i say that's like the golden ticket really and then mm. from there you do what you want um so that's the sort of situation i'm in at the moment is deciding what to do next really yeah yeah so should we do my feature i think we probably should okay. we've just crossed the hour mark have we yeah okay um so robbie's rankings you little ranker um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so similar to last week on the topic uh, i'm going to choose five things and then i want you to rank them based on how I, how i think you should do it okay mm-hmm. so, so i was thinking right so what can i choose as a thing to get you to rank to do with careers so i was thinking, right okay so i want to pick five careers yeah and then let you rank them based on how well you think you do at doing them basically yeah so then i was thinking okay so how can i randomly choose five careers so um as is usually the case, just before I go to bed, I was lying in bed and the village people popped into my head. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I thought, okay, I'll have a look at the village people, see what it is that they do or not, don't do, but mm-hmm. that their outfits are. Yeah. And maybe I can base it off that. Yeah. It turns out there's six village people, which doesn't help me. Right. But one of them lends himself to being cut off his list because his, his official title is Leather Man. <laughs> right i think he was originally a biker which and again you knew that would have been number one anyway <laughs> exactly, so what's yeah. the point so i'm sorry that if you wanted to be leather man but he's gone mm-hmm. so he was originally a biker i think in the original um out like original yeah, yeah. ones but then he got he got changed to leather man um, so these are the five yeah i want you to rank him in order of one to five based on how good you think you'd do at that career okay all right mm-hmm. um and why so soldier, yeah, construction worker, cowboy, <laughs> yeah, policeman, yeah, or Native American chief. <laughs> okay. So what have you what have you done in the past as well that gives you the? I mean, what what transferable skills have you got that take you into these roles? Native American what? Chief. All right. So I'm going to say this is Rankham from yo man to no man. <laughs> <laughs> Fill me in on what a Native American chief would involve. Uh, just leadership, really, I suppose. Okay. Um, you'd represent them at like legal disputes, um, yeah. maybe like speeches in front of the group, um, just a general sort of person they go to for wisdom. Okay, um, all right. Like a leader of a tribe. Well, I'll go for... Um, number five. I'll so. go for number five... The construction worker. <laughs> all right. I'm not a handyman kind of guy at all. Yeah. Um, I don't really like being out of the sun much. Like this is... Yeah. My ears are Dying. a joke under this. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's just not my not my bag at all. I'm not uh, much of a manual labour kind of guy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Number four, um, I would say cowboy okay because i don't like horses <laughs> i'm not very good at climbing the thought of me even getting on a horse is laughable Wait, so you think you'd be a better cowboy than you would be a builder yeah <laughs> do you yeah um <laughs> i'm quite good at like shooting and that you know i've done yeah. like archery and shooting and, and shooting activities yeah i'm so all right at that but um would you be able to find a hat that fit you no but that's an <laughs> issue i'd rather not have a cowboy hat <laughs> because I, I could have it on a string around my neck rather than if I don't have one and I'm on a construction site yeah. that's just yeah we might not even be allowed on the site exactly uh, number three would be um, soldier <laughs> there's definitely qualities I've got that would that would be good so like the log- logistics and stuff yeah. and I'm organised and um, I do like structure and, and whatever um, but I am a wimp <laughs> um, and that but I did at one point look into um, whilst I was in my like lost phase of what, not knowing what to do jobs wise. I was like, right, mm. logistics. What could I do? Um, was going into like the because there's a logistics of obviously um, aspect of the military. Do you know what I mean like yeah, uh, yeah. so not in combat, but the the more technical moving tanks side. around and all that. Yeah. So that was uh, that was uh, yeah. up there at one point. Number two, um, I'll go for the Native American. Chief, <laughs> um, because yeah, like you say, good 
tend to be good at public speaking. Yeah. I do speak. I have to do like a lot of presentations and and stuff in my normal work. Yeah. In front of a lot of people. I, I know that good, sounds like oh, not in a restaurant. I mean in like management meetings. Yeah. And stuff. Good like leadership skills. Huh? Yeah. I think you'd be right that one. Yeah. But again, the headdress could be an issue, couldn't it? But then I think maybe you could make yourself one. Yeah. Just Instead kill just feathers and that. Yeah. You just kill a bigger animal to yeah. put it on your head. Do you not a problem. Um, and then policemen, I'd probably put number one. Yeah. Um. I've actually often thought that I would be a good policeman. Yeah. Um, pretty calm, under pressure. Deal with a lot of crap at the restaurant, a lot of aggy <laughs> customers. I say a lot, yeah. but it's, it's rare, but it does happen. Um, yeah, I think I'd be good at that. But but like approachable. Yeah. I mean, um, again, the hat would be a problem. <laughs> um <laughs> Free handcuffs as well. Yeah, that's true. Save me a fortune <laughs> and summers. And um, yeah, I'm gonna go for yeah. that for number one. So if Leatherman, if Leatherman was in there, yeah, <laughs> let's assume that he's a biker. So I don't know if it's a job, is it? Hate bikes. Yeah. Would you rather be a Leatherman or a cowboy? Uh, a cowboy. Yeah. I love Red Dead Redemption, the game. If anyone's watching, yeah, and that makes you want to be a cowboy. I want to be a cowboy. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so uh, full five again. Yeah, number five, construction man. Number four, cowboy. Number three, soldier. Number two, Native American chief. And number one, <laughs> policeman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it'd also be good to be the chief because everyone call, says chief in SWAT, don't they? Like, yeah. Hey, I'm chief. Yeah, so um, be used to it. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be good. I think uh, a good way to wrap this up then, because um, we're coming to the end now. I want to know if you could have the career of anyone else in the world, whose would it be? And you can start you can from work. You can you can start from the start. You know, you haven't got to jump into their career yeah. now. I'll be their career from the start. From the start, yeah. Um, Take your time. Okay. I'll I would say it probably would be a sports person, yeah. Um, just because I think it'd be amazing to like you know, be a footballer or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so potentially like Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe. But mm-hmm. do you know who Andre Ward is? He's a boxer, American boxer, mm-hmm. and he won Olympic gold medal, and then he had a he was unbeaten for his whole career and won world titles in two different weight divisions and then like retired relatively early like because he'd beat everybody basically and he was like a undisputed goat basically mm-hmm. and then he's retired now and now he's like really well respected like sort of journalist and pundit and stuff like that in the boxing yeah world. that'd be quite good um mm. i think any any sort of sport where you can bow out at the top particularly in boxing obviously it's dangerous like if you can sort of have it all in your own right and then on your own terms and then retire at the top yeah. that'd be pretty good but outside of sport maybe someone like Louis Theroux, mm-hmm. or Steve Backshaw as well. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like animals, but I need his knowledge to be up there. Do you mean like him or Steve Irwin or someone? But obviously Steve Irwin, a bit tragic at the end. Yeah. But Louis Theroux would be good. Mm. Um, I, I rewatched all his stuff actually, like a couple of weeks ago, and the, the amount of people that he's like met and travelled the world and stuff. So that'd be that'd be pretty good. So I've got, I've got three written down here. I've got Robbie Williams. Yeah, that's a really good shout actually. I hadn't thought about music ones. Music ones are good, aren't they? Yeah. Because I can't imagine the feeling for a start of being in front of like thousands of people, yeah. like like that who just yeah. adore you, like he did Nebworth, didn't he? Ridiculous. Oh wow, yeah. Then all the take that memories as well. Then hitting a bit of a slump, and then now he's like seems to have a lovely life in LA mm. with his missus and kids, and got never has to worry about money, does he? Yeah, he's just a complete legend. He's just a hero, yeah. Like David Beckham, I put him in the same level as Bex, him in yeah. terms of like national treasure, isn't he? Um. I've also got Anton Deck down. Mm. Just amazing. Yeah. We love them, don't we? Oh yeah. Like for their like their age as well, just how much they've done, how successful they are. A- anything they touch is gold, isn't it? Yeah. Everything. They could do anything. Yeah. Just here. I think that would be like if I could be Anton Deck but it'd be us two, then yeah. that would probably be the dream job actually. Isn't yeah. It, wouldn't it? Because like they just have such an amazing time because they know each other so well and they're like best mates, aren't they? Mm. And like it must feel like they're not at work sometimes because yeah. they because they're always on screen and always doing stuff that's going to anyway. Australia together and yeah, golf. Yeah, it must feel like they're not actually at work, mm. which is like 
that's the ultimate dream is to get paid Definitely. tens of millions of pounds to do something that you feel like you're just knocking about with your mate. Yeah. And obviously I'm very familiar with that and Dexy and is um where I work is they're currently um, advertising where I work. Fantastic. So yeah, so you can't um you can't go anywhere basically in my office without seeing them. In fact mm. when I lock my computer screen, Anton Deck pop up. Really? Uh, yeah, so um yeah, legends. Not literally them, that'd be weird, <laughs> wouldn't it? I've been only your desk all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Welsh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've also got Gordon Ramsay. Oh yeah, because he's obviously restaurant based. Because it's fucking raw. <laughs> um, um, no, like he's worked hard with his own restaurants. Mm. Um, had really good like culinary training and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, got to the top in that sense, and then doing Hell's Kitchen, just elevated him big time yeah. didn't it yeah. like and and now now is at a level like untouchable level um paid ridiculous amounts of money to literally hammed up shows which are great like kitchen nightmares and stuff don't get me wrong great telly but mm. they are dramatized they literally so oh, yeah he's literally told go in rip this place to shred swear a bit smash stuff yeah. out and you'll be paid millions yeah. for it and yeah he, again he seems to have a lovely family set up is very family orientated yeah his kids have got like um youtube pages and stuff haven't they and, yeah. and they've got their own ch- Tilly like, and yeah his lad i can't remember what his name yeah is. that's a good chat actually i didn't i hadn't thought about beckham but that's a really good one actually because if you think like he had a, a genuinely world-class footballing career like yeah. do you know what i mean like he a career that you couldn't really sniff out in terms of actually f- sporting achievements and mm-hmm. then he's gone from that and turned it into like a amazing commercial like life success afterwards do you know what I mean yeah um, I mean like if you're talking about a great footballing career you know if, an English person then someone like Wayne Rooney or something like that but he's not he's not somebody you want to be is he do you know what I mean no um, it's face for a start <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah but that's true isn't it like that, you know, Bex you know that problem with Bex do you the dish isn't it that's, that was one of the things I put up against Gordon Ramsay because his face looks like really crackling doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does look like um, yeah it's got like his forehead's like a ball bag yeah I think he's had it sorted out a bit though hasn't he like, no, the, the more he has done the, the worse, worse he it looks. looks Simon Cowell looks awful now have you noticed yeah but I love Simon he's softened up now definitely yeah. now he's got the now he's got his kid Eric yeah. right should probably wrap it up then mm-hmm. um, thank you again everyone for we kind of set it in our head didn't we if we can get maybe like 150 to 200 views yeah. would I, be said happy. A, I said 100 yeah um, which I'm still happy with every week to be honest if, if we can get that I think we're just touching on 550 views now which is really time. good that's yeah, really good yeah on the last video um, so yeah hoping to keep it going next week um, we have a our first guest don't we yep she, let's not say who it is until we release the yeah. trailer a little bit uh, mm-hmm. later on um, but if you're from the Swadburton area you're going to know this person yeah and if you don't know him, I'm even more excited for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's just amazing. He. Oh, it could be a she. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> Anything you want to say? No. Uh, thanks again for watching. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week with the first guest. Draw